Hi everyone, and welcome to this edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Chloe Lopesher. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening around the world, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice on the ground in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help their local clients move through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe and have received updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we're going to be chatting with one of our members in Kenya. We're joined by Sonal Sejpal, partner at Anjawala and Kana, part of the African Legal Network. Today, Sonal and I will be chatting about a topic that I'm sure has been keeping many employers up at night, no matter where they are based around the globe, vaccinations in the workplace. Welcome to the program, Sonal. How are you doing today? Great, Chloe. Good to be here. How are you? Well, thanks. So good to have you with us. So COVID-19 vaccinations are being rolled out in many countries with some much further along in the process than others. If I just think about me here in South Africa, we've still got quite a far way to go. Could you start us off by explaining what the current status is when it comes to COVID vaccinations in Kenya? Are the vaccines quite freely available and have most people been vaccinated? There's a short answer and a long answer, but I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. Vaccines are available, but in a limited capacity. We, as a country, are receiving vaccines through COVAX. We had a batch that came in in March, and the Ministry of Health prioritised frontline workers, essential service staff, those with pre-existing conditions, and those above the age of 58. So, so far, we've had about 1.4 million doses of AstraZeneca, and about 1.7% only of the population has been vaccinated. The bulk of those, two thirds of those, I think, have received their first dose and about a third of that number, so just under 500,000, have received both doses. So we do have a long, long way to go considering that we have a population of about 55 million. Okay, sounds like you're in a similar boat to us here in South Africa. (laughs) And can an employer make it mandatory for employees to be vaccinated in order to come into the office going forward? And can they require their employees to disclose their vaccination status? In terms of disclosure, I think an employer can ask an employee about their vaccination status, but I don't think that the employee is obliged to answer. So we have a a statute called the Occupational Health and Safety Act, which was obviously a pre-COVID statute and didn't envisage a pandemic. But generally, that act imposes a duty on employers to ensure the safety, health and welfare of all persons in the workplace. Now, whilst the OSHA imposes a legal obligation on employers to take various measures, to protect their employees from what are called occupational diseases, which may include COVID-19. There is no statutory right or obligation to ask employees about their COVID status or to indeed require employees to be vaccinated. And the current thinking is that that would be in breach of the constitutional right that people in Kenya have generally, 
And certainly it would not be something that I think the executive would, would mandate. That said, it is a legal requirement for an employer to maintain a record of information on each employee who contracts COVID. We had that directive, you know, during the pandemic last year, where essentially the Ministry of Health directed all employers to immediately phone their hotline number if anyone had tested positive. So I think employers can ask their employees about their status, but employees would be at liberty to keep that information to themselves if they felt they didn't want to disclose. Okay. I'm sure many employers are grappling with this, so it's good to know where we stand and where the boundaries are. Mm. So where employers do have employees coming back into the office, is the employer then obligated to provide vaccines to their employees in preparation for kind of a full return to work plan? Or can an employer have a return to work plan obligating employees to come into the office without actually then providing them with vaccines? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Chloe. Currently in Kenya, we have a curfew across the country and a recommendation for people to take care, wear a mask at all times outside the home, and a continuing recommendation repeated by the president only on Labor Day on the 1st of May to work from home where possible. So an employer can make a return to work plan without having to vaccinate anyone because there is no mandatory requirement. That said, there is a return to work advisory that was published last year. I think this was at the time where people thought that COVID might be gone from our midst in a short period of time. But when the advisory came out, it essentially envisaged an announcement when there would be a return to work on a reopening date. So a date that would be announced by government, but clearly that that hasn't happened. But what is interesting is that the advisory, which is an advisory, it was not intended to be legally binding from the way it was written, provides that workplaces should develop and communicate to all employees their COVID-19 preparedness policy statement that must address all aspects of COVID-19 readiness, including policy, planning, organizing activities, safety and health risk assessment, communication, prevention and mitigation measures. And so there was a feeling that could that be used as essentially pressure on employers to ensure vaccination. It does need to be said that currently in Kenya, where vaccines are available, they are being given free of charge and they are being given under the Ministry of Health who programs where they are available, who gets them, and and then there's a certification process that you get online. So doing anything privately would need to be done with the Ministry of Health. And just a few weeks ago, our private sector alliance for the country, KEPSA, has entered into an arrangement with the Ministry of Health where they are trying to accelerate the number of people in the country to be vaccinated. And so what this partnership, if you like, is trying to do is have many employers who are members of KEPSA 
to essentially say to the Ministry of Health, we want to vaccinate this many number of employees in our organization. And the idea is that the Ministry of Health would then give them that number of vaccines at a reduced price, but the burden of the cost, if you like, would be shared with the private sector in this controlled way. And I think that way the executive will end up trying to better the percentage of the population that is vaccinated. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Hopefully that's a good way to go. Hopefully that works out. If we think about that, and if an employer says we're going to now offer our employees vaccinations at our workplace, are they then similarly obligated to ensure that any third parties who might come into the office premises and have contact with those employees, that they are also similarly vaccinated? So I'm thinking about, you know, clients of the employer or third-party service providers like security guards? Is there any kind of guidance in that regard? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And I think we need to start from the premise that today there is no obligation on an employer to vaccinate their employees. But there is an obligation on employers to ensure a safe working environment. There is also an obligation on employers to look after their visitors to the workplace under an occupier's liability statute. So if you combine all those facets together, you ask yourself, then why shouldn't the employer also be mindful about who comes into contact with the employees it needs to protect? So I think this is going to be something that lawyers the government and other stakeholders will need to think about because it's something that I don't think has been considered, but you can appreciate the kind of ramifications that, that you're going to get if you have these duties on the one hand, you protect your employees by offering them vaccines, whether through KEPSA or, or whatever, and then allow anyone to come into contact with your employees. So I think there is a legal conundrum that will need to be considered in in the fullness of time. But for now, employers are required to comply with COVID-19 preventive measures. So that right now, outside every public place, including offices, shops, schools, restaurants, and malls, there must be hand-washing facilities, there must be sanitizing facilities, There must be temperature checking and then the usual safe distance, wearing of masks, etc. whenever you're in the public arena, which includes in an office as well. So I think those duties will continue for some time. Right. I mean, yeah, but that must become part of our normal lives. I think here in South Africa, we are so used to all of those temperature checking and sanitizing (laughs) wherever you go. But what I'm wondering is, I mean, the vaccination obviously provides a good level of protection against infection. Do you think that when we have more people being vaccinated and we have an office full of vaccinated employees, that those health and safety protocols will still be be necessary or still be mandated by government? I think they must be because from what I understand and even the World Health Organization's own statements, The vaccine doesn't prevent 
serious illness and death. The vaccines do reduce the severity of symptoms. So you can still pass on the virus, even though you are vaccinated. And I think that's the key. Given that vaccines are not mandatory in Kenya, and I don't think will ever be mandatory in Kenya, if some employees choose not to get vaccinated, then under the occupational safety and health statute I mentioned and other obligations, the employer will still have that duty, the general duty to ensure the safety and health and welfare of people in the workplace. So I think the COVID-19 protocols are, are here to stay. That makes sense. I was just <laughs> hoping. <laughs> and so would an employer be held liable if you had a vaccinated employee who then still contracts COVID-19 at the workforce, maybe be it because they were lax in their health and safety protocols, or, you know, they had someone who was unvaccinated come into contact with them. You know, how does it stand in terms of employer liability? Yeah, that's really an interesting question. And, and one I know that the government had quite a discussion on with our insurance industry. So in Kenya, we have a Work Injuries and Benefits Act, which essentially provides that injuries that are covered and subject to compensation by an employer are those that are sustained in the course of employment. And an employee has a right to compensation for injuries sustained in the course of work, and whether resulting in temporary disablement, permanent disablement, or, or worse. So this statute, which we call WIBA, lists a number of specific diseases that may be contracted while at work and that entitle an employee to compensation. And it also says any other disease that arose out of and in the course of the employee's employment and for connected purposes. So though COVID-19 was not contemplated under WIBA as being an occupational disease, given the highly infectious nature of COVID-19 and the breadth of the current public health crisis and, and exposure of COVID existing everywhere, I think it's possible that the Directorate of Occupational Safety and Health would make a finding that an employee who contracts the virus while carrying out their work is liable to compensation for injuries due to COVID. In fact, I think I'm supported by that in the return to work advisory that I mentioned, which stipulates that WIBA must cover COVID as an occupational disease. Now, whether all the insurance companies have agreed to that and put that in their Weber policies, I don't know. But that's certainly what I think the government wanted. And I suspect that employees would also argue. But you can see the kind of issues that would arise in that, you know, I'm not sure how anyone can prove where they contracted COVID-19. And if you have to prove that you suffered the injuries whilst at work, how is an employee going to prove that they contracted COVID at the workplace? So I think that's something that employers need to bear in mind. And to mitigate the risk of employees contracted COVID in the first place at the office, 
I think employers are, are well advised to ensure that they comply strictly with the advisory requirements and all the other specific guidelines issued to guide the safe operation of business whilst the pandemic is with us. That sounds like some good advice there. Before we close off, Sonal, I just want to move on to the subject of testing. Is COVID-19 testing by an employer required before employees actually come into the workplace? And are there any risks associated with employers offering testing? So, no, there's no testing requirement, but it has been recommended by the Kenyan government. The return to work advisory that I I mentioned provides that when the reopening date is announced, all workers returning to work should be required to attend medical examination. They don't use the word testing because the advisory, I think, came at a time fairly early on in the course of the pandemic, but they're talking about a test. Now, the test is not cheap. It can only be done by health professionals who have been certified by the Ministry of Health to carry the test in the first place. And so employers are naturally worried about the cost that may be passed on to them if there was this requirement. Last year, we did have a situation when restaurants and hotels were allowed to reopen after an initial shutting of doors. The directive that allowed them to reopen essentially said that they were only allowed to open if they followed a long, long list of safety and hygiene protocols, you know, like the frequency of washing surfaces and wearing of gloves and having sanitizers available and and detailed cleaning protocols around the type of cleaning materials to use in a kitchen, etc. And there was this provision that all employees had to be tested and be negative. But what they didn't say is how often that test should be done. So I think it's really been left to, you know, every establishment to decide. I was talking to a restaurant friend of mine the other day, and they test their employees on a rotational basis, but ensuring that someone gets tested at least once a month. Now, that, that's likely to vary from, from place to place. And given the cost involved... It's not something that I think restaurateurs and hoteliers who are really coming back to the fore and trying to recoup the massive losses that they suffered last year are unlikely to want to pay out. But I think it's a question of watch this space. This has been the most insightful conversation. Thank you so much. And I'm sure our listeners have found it so helpful. So thank you so much for joining us, Sonal. Thank you, Chloe. If you'd like to connect with Sonal, or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law by going to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page. You can also sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Chloe Lopcher, and thanks for listening.